This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. My name is Chris, and I'm hanging out again with Jeremy Steele. And this is our Youth Worker Recharge, where we try to put a little bit of uh, energy and care and support back into the life of the youth worker because it can be a very um, difficult uh, kind of job and and it can also be something that's sort of lonely. So we always like to yeah. take a little bit of time um, and just be there for each other and and be there for all the youth workers out there as well. Uh, Jeremy, today we're taking another one of our crash courses and pulling it apart a little bit and. Um, this one is an interesting one because I don't know if people would know exactly what it's about from the title. So when I say <laughs> speaking adolescent, what does that mean to you? Well, I think that, uh, speaking adolescent, it's like a, it's like another language, right? Like it's like teenish. Um, and, and the reason that adolescents speak, communicate, act, experience, things so differently is because their brains are completely being rewired. Uh, I, I think the metaphor that is that the best describes what's going on in the brain is from child, from infanthood to through, through their childhood years, they have built a beautiful ranch style house. Uh, it, their brain is like a ranch style house. It's great functional, has all the rooms that are needed. And then during adolescence, that is renovated into something that looks more like the White House. An enormous amount of new neural connections are formed and old neural connections that used to be there get severed, rewired, rerouted into something that is much more complex and much more um much more able to function and guide them through adulthood. Um, and that process of transforming the brain um, is happens in adolescence and it is responsible for the miscommunication, misunderstood communication, and a lot of frustration that exists between adults and teens. Yeah. And for those folks that have spent time kind of in ministry with both age groups, yeah. like children and youth, um, you know, the, the, there's a real difference, right? You you can yeah. see it happen. It, it happens in real time. And, you know, honestly, it's one of the things that I like the most about youth ministry because the answers or the things that were um, acceptable for like kids answers, you know, maybe mm-hmm. until you're up in like third or fourth grade, those are the answers and the stories and the questions that you start to have to explore in a deeper way because of that adolescent brain remodeling. Right. Um, And it's also a lot of the, what is the great potential in youth ministry? There's so many new things happening in the brain. There is no other part of life, except for maybe the very earliest part of life that you have uh, the ability to make a bigger impact in the long-term development of, uh, of a person. Since we are talking brain science, before we jump into forecasting, when we say adolescence and specifically adolescent brain development, we are talking about the age ranges of? The 
onset of puberty, which is different for different people and different for different, uh, different sort of people who are born with different genes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so if you are a person who was, uh, who was male when they were born or female when they were born, um, slightly different time frames when, when puberty starts, but it's from the onset of puberty all the way through about 25 years old. Yes, exactly. Uh, though the further you get, the more developed the brain is, right? Yes. Uh, and as we kind of talk about that stuff, for, for people that this is new information for, um, the human brain does have different regions, right? It, it's built mm-hmm. in uh, with some different structures that are a part of it. And one of the last ones to get filled in is the one that's actually like pretty much right up here, the prefrontal yeah. cortex, which is where... Yeah a lot of high level thinking happens as well as something that we talk about in the crash course called forecasting. Um, Can you explain forecasting and why it drives people that have completed their brain development totally crazy for Yes, Uh, This is is one of those like, you know, quintessential teen moments, right? Forecasting function. um, This is the thing that um, if you are riding in your car down a street, and there's another car coming uh, perpendicular to your path ahead, your prefrontal cortex fast forwards into the future, calculates your rate of speed, this, the rate of speed and says, oh, wow, you're going to hit each other. You need to slow down. That's the forecasting function. It sees what's happening in the future based on what it sees now. It's also the same kind of thing when you are, uh, when you get really mad and you think I am going to walk over into my boss's office and just tear them apart. And then you think, and I will be fired and I will lose my house. And right, right. Because your prefrontal cortex takes that, runs it forward and says, oh, Pump the brakes, bud. We need we need to think a little bit more about that. Um, that's what the prefrontal. That's one of the functions of the prefrontal cortex, and that's why when um, uh, so I was at a, speaking at a youth retreat, and a couple of kids uh, decided, boys decided they were going to climb through the roof. They had one of those lay-in tile roofs yes. a, into the neighboring room. Uh, they went up, started walking, and fell through the roof <laughs> into the room, breaking all kinds of things because their prefrontal cortex wasn't going forward and saying, you will probably fall through. These things mm-hmm. are made out of styrofoam, mm-hmm. right? You can't walk on these, right? None of that occurred to them. And you, you go to them and you say, well, what were you thinking was going to happen? And their answer is... I don't know. And they're telling the truth. And it is the God's honest truth 90% of the time. Their brain did not help them out. It was supposed to. 10, 15 years from then, yes, it will do that. They cannot honestly say that. But many times it's like... (laughs) Yeah, and and I've seen that play itself out in a lot of different places, right? Like It's one of the things that's interesting when you've got like grade level to middle school to high school science classes. And they ask you to form hypotheses and test those hypotheses and those sorts of things. And having youth do those hypothetical sort of experiments is so much different than having adults do it because Mm -hmm. the structures in the brain just aren't rewired yet and aren't prepared to do that forecasting stuff. So 
the traffic one is a great example. Climbing through the ceiling is another great example. Uh, you know, some of the other big ones that um, uh, I know that youth leaders and youth and families tend to struggle with also have to do with money or uh, like dating choices, right? Um, yes. Uh, how deep am I going to fall in love with this person? And will this be the only person that I'm ever going to fall in love with? Of course it is because it's the first yes. time that it's happening and nothing could ever come between us. And then two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? And, uh, you know, and, and it's why uh, if you look at really good uh, youth curriculum on something like dating, mm -hmm. they it will contain role-playing exercises those role-playing exercises are not just a fun way to get people to talk. It is a way to force the brain to map it out, right? You go over to their house and you, you, you discover that they are not alone. Then what could happen? Well, yep. then I could leave or I could go inside. So, so you go inside, then what could happen, right? You, you have to help them walk through and choose different courses of action, uh, but they need they need you to hold their hands uh, because their brain their brain is not naturally doing that the way that your brain as an adult is doing. And, and that's really what we're kind of trying to come across with in speaking adolescent. It's not like a dictionary or an encyclopedia of the terms that you need to say today to sound amazing mm -hmm. to today's youth yep. because cool <laughs> is not the right slang anymore or right. Um, any of those pieces, but speaking adolescent means being able to come along to where those youth are in the developmental stages for their brain and present them with those sort of opportunities to problem solve and to flex and to make new connections that their brain is already trying to make. Yeah. You can be supportive of that as a mentor and as a teacher and as a friend and as somebody whose brain has already kind of gone further down that path. Now, I know you wanted to hit on some kind of specific stuff within the brain as well. Yeah. Another one. So we talked a little bit about prefrontal cortex and actually over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk a little bit more about some of this. The other big one is the nucleus accumbens. It's uh, the, can it's can like you say the, that one slower for me and oh, sorry. hearing it for the nucleus first time. Nucleus <laughs> accumbens. Okay. We're going to Google <laughs> that one. I'll the, put like, the link in Yeah, you Google it. It's the one that's like real deep inside the brain. And one of its functions is the regulation of a chemical called dopamine. Hmm. Um, dopamine. We like dopamine. A, we love dopamine. Dopamine makes you feel really good. The, the chemical dopamine is like a sense of well-being, of enjoyment. And it is, is when you have a, a dopamine release, your body is saying, this was good. This was pleasurable. Let's do this again sometime. What are right? some things that uh, would give us dopamine releases? Something like um, doing well on a test. Doing well on a test. Having sex. Um, uh, dopamine is released for people who really enjoy running. I've not ever experienced that because if I'm running, it's out of fear. Oh, like but, a tiger is chasing you? I, I actually... Yes. I run a lot. And so I know what you're talking about with the dopamine there. Uh, yeah. But like uh, uh, if you were to win a contest, right. Or you, yes. um, you performed well at something and, and you, you got first place and it's this dopamine rush afterwards. Also really thrilling experiences like riding on a roller coaster or sure. doing something new for the first time. All of those things can release dopamine um, and playing a musical instrument or uh, like a lot of things. Anything you do and you like have that like sense of like, oh, man, that was so good. I, I, I'd like to do that again. I want to do that again because it felt so great. 
that's dopamine. In fact, uh, you can, as an adult, generally just sometimes even thinking about the thing will give you a little bit of dopamine, mm-hmm. a little bit of like just good well-being feeling. Now, what's going on with teenagers? Uh, oh, oh, and I should, should say, like your dopamine level is like this, right? Yeah. And as an adult, it'll go up. You know, when you have something good happen and, and it might go down if you're having something that's not so great happening, but it's just pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the nucleus accumbens in the the adolescent brain is like wide open and wide shut. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason is it is encouraging them to have as many new experiences as they can, because each of those new new experiences is a new neural connection. And remember, we are trying to renovate this thing from a ranch style house to the White House. So we need as many new connections as possible. So when you look at the, a brain scan that, show, that tracks dopamine levels uh, in an adolescent, it, it's, like, it's, 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 it's like this. And then you have a huge peak. And then it doesn't come back down to neutral. It do- goes way down through the floor. Mm. Um. It's all the way open, all the way close. So it's like, it's, just, it's a huge roller coaster. Um, and when it is going down through the floor is when um, oftentimes uh, when it's kind of sunk, sunk down and it'll maintain that lower level for a while. It's when teenagers say one of the most beloved phrases of parents, and that is, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it, here's what is important. And this is why understanding the brain is important uh, for youth workers and for parents. Um, what they are experiencing when they say I'm bored, it's not the same thing that you and I are experiencing when we are bored. Mm-hmm. It is acute, uncomfortable, uncu- acutely uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's painful in a way that it isn't for us. And the reason that they're brain is saying I'm bored is because it's wanting more neural connections. Mm-hmm. They're not getting enough neural connections, new neural connections. And so they uh, need to go out and do something. Reading a book or mowing the lawn is not the cure for that adolescent boredom. That will not give them the huge dopamine spike that is that they're craving and that, that their body is wanting them to experience. Um, and so it's really important for us to sort of understand what's going on and understand the, the right approach, right? The right approach when a teen says, I'm bored, is not go mow the lawn. Uh, the right approach is to invite them into something interesting exciting, um, something new or uh, something that you are, that they love, but in a very new way or something dangerous, something with an element of adventure to it. All of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Another word I love to toss in with those when you're going through them is the word challenging, Mm, mm -hmm. right? You you need to be able to provide something that is a little bit out of the ordinary, right? And and even if it's something familiar, it needs to be done with a tweak because Mm -hmm. part of this uh, to me also has to do with kind of their growing sense of confidence as well, right? Yes, um, that you get dopamine rushes when you overcome a challenge mm-hmm. um, and you realize that you can do something and you are yes. growing into an adult. And we should celebrate that among young people as opposed to cut them off from those opportunities to gain that confidence and to be challenged. Now, as a youth worker, I think that we can challenge some people in some very, very interesting ways, right? Because right. there are spiritual practices and there are things that you can do through the church, um, that will open the eyes of a young person beyond 
the bubble of their experience, but you have to also be very wise at how you do that. Yeah, and, and I am confident that the nucleus accumbens in teenagers is responsible for the entirety of the ropes course industry, <laughs> right? Because that that's one of those kind of things, sure. especially when those things are done well. It's it's not just a thrill, though it is. It's a confidence builder. It's one of those things that you can bond with other people over. All it, it lights up all the right circuits mm-hmm. in um, in a teenage brain. Yep, and and forming those uh, you know relationships and that support network through those challenging experiences really is a big deal as well. I'm yep. sure one of the other things we'll get into at a future episode is um, maybe the addictive nature of those dopamine yes. rushes because that's another challenging one, right? That um, not only do we have that uh, stereotype of the moody teenager that's going up and down and back and forth and all this, partly because of the dopamine stuff. Um, but also you want to help encourage young people get, um, their dopamine rushes or their dopamine experiences from places that will be healthy in the long run, right? Like there are, and the way their their brain is built makes, uh, addiction and substances particularly dangerous, dangerous. And we'll, we'll talk about that, uh, probably next week. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting into that one. Um, for the little bit of time that we've got left today, uh, I do want to get into um, kind of one of the other things that you've got coming out. And actually, it's a, one of my favorite titles of all the things that I think I've, I've read maybe in the last six months. So um, for people that are interested in this sort of topic, where it's, it's brain science, it's adolescent development, it's um, how to be in good relationships with teenagers that are in your life, whether that's in a professional sense, through ministry or through education, but also if you're a parent, um, you've got a, a weekly email coming out that's called the weekly guide to teens in their natural habitat. That's right. It's, uh, it's something a little bit different for me in that it's not particularly religious. Um, it is all about these, I've spent a lot of time over the last, uh, 10 years really doing research and teaching and training in this brain science stuff around adolescence. And now that I have my own adolescence, I realized I had this moment where I realized all of this stuff is really helpful as a parent. (laughs) And all of these tools that I've been developing uh, to train other people that work with teenagers, uh, they're all really helpful as a parent. And so the idea is that um, you, you, subscribe to the weekly guide and every week there is a uh, an email that has the a little bit of brain science to explain what's going on so that you can empathize with your teenager and a practical tool to help so one of those tools is about this boredom thing and it's uh i'll, I'll just tell it to you but basically it's a it's three columns on a piece of paper right the stuff that i enjoy doing the stuff that's got a little bit of adventure and the stuff that's like big adventure big danger mm-hmm. and you have your students start with the list on the left and write 10 things in that list that they that they enjoy doing they like doing you know and some of my kids lists are things like reading uh, doing roblox whatever then the little bit of adventure there's things like oh, going on a long bike ride in a new neighborhood or you know those kind of things and then then on the other one is stuff that like i you know i have to approve it but one of them is uh, uh creating a flamethrower and uh making a zip line and and so and then then your goal as a parent is to say yes find a way to say yes to as much of that list as possible so the flamethrower i said if you can research 
how, online how to create a flame thrower that is safe and show me your research. We can make it together. Right. Wow. How'd um, that go? <laughs> so far, the research hasn't been done. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah, fine. But the idea is that you are empowering your kids. So then yeah. when I say, when they say I'm bored, I say, oh, go check your list. And they, they know that it means they're going to start on the left, try to do something there. If that's not what they need, they'll do the next list. And if that's not what they need, they'll do the next list. Um, but it's super helpful. So that's really what the Weekly Guide to Teens and Their Natural Habitat is. It's science-driven tools to help you as a parent in like everyday things, like when your kid says, I'm bored. And, uh, and, and I'll say, I... I am a youth worker and I am passionate about youth pastors. So here's the thing. If you are a youth pastor and you want to subscribe to that and then just copy and paste it and mail it to your parents, do it. My permission. All right. You have my permission to do that. You don't have to pay for everybody in your church to have a subscription or anything. I really do want to help you help your parents. And so if that works for you, um, do that. The, and and the, the website is guidetoteens.com. Guidetoteens.com. I think I've got that uh, comment posted in our uh, Facebook Live comments. So it should be easy for people to track there. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast version, we'll make sure that that link pops up on our podcast page as well. Um, and Jeremy, I can tell you that my family will thank you in advance for those suggestions <laughs> that you had today, because um, the current answer in our house is that if either of my kids say that they're bored, they have to clean something. So <laughs> they will be more than happy to come up with another list of things that are a little bit more exciting than that. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, as helpful as that is for me, right? Like, yeah, great. Wipe down one of the mirrors or yes, you can uh, shovel our walkway because we got snow this week, you know? Um, but yeah, each of those episodes um, and each of those pieces that comes out through the guide to teens is really going to be helpful. And like you said, it, it comes to adolescent development from a slightly uh, less religious tact than the mm -hmm. things that we do here through uh, the Youth Worker Recharge and through Young People's Ministries. but And really, uh, that's all about, to me, just making you not have to worry about if I'm going to say something that matches your specific religious belief in that, uh, because uh, I think this information is important. And one thing I forgot to say <laughs> that I, that's, I think, an important piece is the emails are for formatted with bullet points at the top that summarize the whole thing so that <laughs> so that you do not have to even read it if you open the email and you have like about 15 seconds you can get the gist of it <laughs> without having to read it and go back later because i know <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah i do that i'm there i i've been there <laughs> yeah well jeremy thanks a ton um and yeah those folks watching facebook live or those listening to the podcast when we do our recharge next week we'll continue on through speaking adolescent um and continuing to talk a little bit of brain science and how that can yes. help you as a teacher and a leader for your youth ministry so that you know the places that the youth that make up your ministry are coming from mm -hmm.